Welcome to episode two of the Talking Book Podcast. Talking Book is a mission-driven audiobook publisher of independent literature. We're located in the Misty Mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. Have you ever been here? It's really cool. Um, right now it's thundering and raining outside. I don't know if you can hear that, but uh, it's pretty. There's mountains here and there's trees everywhere. And um, yeah, it's awesome. We got this booth and what we do, I'll tell you what we do. We put writers in the booth um, and they read their books and we record it. And then we sell them as audiobooks. It's crazy. It's this new thing. Um, but anyway, we're talking today to Brian Allen Ellis, who wrote Something to Do with Self-Hate, which is out now in audio from us and in print from House of Vlad. Brian is really cool. He's an ongoing contributor to the Talking Book Lip Blog, and he's super funny, and he's just a great guy. You're going to love him. And then I'm also going to talk to Mary Moore, who narrated his book in our studio. She's a writer that lives near here and is funny as hell and one of my good friends. Um, but anyway, here's Brian Allen Ellis and me, Chris Hartram, talking about something to do with self-hate. So you guys in, uh, you're in Gainesville? Yeah, Gainesville, Florida. You know, I was, yeah, I, was, I, was, I was born in Bradenton, Florida. I don't know how far that is. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I think that's more like south, I think. But I've heard, I'm, I'm definitely familiar with Bradenton. I don't think I've ever been there, though. There was a punk band called Bradenton in the 90s that were probably from Bradenton. Are you familiar with the work in Bradenton? I'm not. I I haven't listened to a lot of Bradenton recently, but I feel like uh, that I might pull out some of their old records. No, but I have. I've never heard of them. They sound awesome. Yeah, maybe it was an ironic name. Maybe they weren't from Bradenton. (laughs) (laughs) They were were from like Naples or something. They were probably like, "What's a really lame ass city in Florida?" Ah, Bradenton. We should be called Bradenton. Yeah, Bradenton. Sounds really emo. It really does. You were, uh, you were, the, you know, it's funny. The, the way that I first found out about your existence um, was actually, I guess, finding you on. Probably Bud Smith. That's how everyone finds out about yeah, me. Yeah, it's funny. Well, it was, <laughs> it was Bud Smith because we were recording his book, F250, and I was talking to him a bunch, yeah. and he was like, you should, uh, you should. You should talk. You should talk to uh, Brian Allen Ellis. And I, I don't know. That was a shitty impression of Bud Smith. Sorry, Bud. But, uh, but, no, um, I, guess. <laughs> I thought it was him for a second. I yeah, thought, he actually is here. He popped kidding, over. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was like, you got to talk to Brian out now. He's hysterical and really funny. And then at that time I was bartending at a great little place in Asheville called the Admiral. And there was a, a coworker there who was a waitress and her name was Holly. And she like saw me or I must, must've said something about you or maybe she saw me tweeting mm-hmm. something like a weirdo. And she was like, Oh shit. I know that guy. Yeah. I used to work with her. I think. I think we work together, That's but so I've known her. She's from Gainesville. Yeah, it's very weird. She's cool. Yeah, well, that is weird. I remember when yeah you brought that up. I was like, oh shit, because I hadn't seen her in a few years. You know when you know somebody uh, online, uh, writerly stuff online, and then somebody like um, you know a, a normal citizen from the real world, like oh yeah, I know that thing, and you're like what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, because the internet's like it's done like a little weird thing. Yeah, like oh these people actually exist. Weird. So you were uh, speaking. Speaking of our favorite band, Bradenton, you were you were in bands, right? I, I, I know yeah. she said she said everything she knew about you was that you were uh, you were in bands and you were like uh, totally fucking nuts in a good way on stage and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I got a little wild. I used to take my clothes off and yeah, I had like my whole shtick was I was I was I was I was Reverend Liaison, and I was like this like preacher character. And like I would like heal people in the crowd, <laughs> and my I, I talked like I was I, my character was a cross between like Dusty Rhodes and like Screaming Jay Hawkins. That was like so I talked kind of with a list, and like <laughs> it was ridiculous. Hell yeah, Dusty Rhodes! But, uh, what a classic! Fun. Yeah, that that was the yeah, yeah, I love it. I wish there was like a uh, I wish Waffle House had like a meal called the Dusty Classic. <laughs> That's I would, funny. I would, I would order that. You know, my brother's name is Dusty, and. Uh, um, really? I, I often say that he's classic, so I don't know if that's a connection, but it seems like it. Yeah, they, well, yeah, they they have a, a wrestling tournament called the Dusty Classic. Is it a, like a pro like a wrestling re- tournament? Yeah, it's like a tag team tournament they do every year, and like you, the winner gets like this big ass Dusty trophy or something. That's funny because you awesome. know another another that does sound awesome. Another another reason like or another thing we. The first thing you and I really chatted about was like Razor Ramon and pro wrestling. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hey yo, 
I thought I should answer the phone. I <laughs> yeah, I don't know why up. you didn't do that. You really blew it. I was like, can, for sure he's going to answer it. You put it in that. a post. <laughs> we'll say it one time now so I could just edit it out later. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's good. There you go. <laughs> that one was actually really good. That was like almost yeah. as good as my Bud Smith impression. Uh, yeah. We should take this on the road. I'll be right the moon. That is, yeah, everybody would love it because th- that parade makes so much sense and we'll just come out. We'll have like long sketch comedy. We'll do improv, stuff like that. Yeah, man, I should be Razor Ramon for Halloween. That'd be <laughs> Maybe we should both be Razor Ramon for Halloween and then... We uh, should, man. Yeah, I think I was just talking to uh, to Sam Pink and he uh, he might be here in Asheville on uh, Halloween uh, for a reading. Yeah, yeah and I, he's doing it. Yeah, I'm booking him on the 29th in Gainesville. And okay. Paula, Paula Bomer is coming. <laughs> She's flying down for the reading to see, to see like, Love Sam Pink. Hell yeah. So that, that's cool. Yeah, yeah going to be really weird. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I was just, just chatting him about that today. Yeah, well, if he's here on Halloween, well, maybe uh, I can convince him to be Razor as well, and then there'll be, like, three Razors somewhere. That'd be amazing. I, I, like, I, like, mixed, uh, I like mixing Halloween costumes, like, like uh, I did. I did Burger King Diamond one time. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Then, what's the, what's the diamond I, from? I, I, uh, you ever heard of King Diamond? King Diamond from Merciful Fate. Yes. Yeah. He's yes. a he's, he's a metal singer. Yes. But, yes. but I just pray. I, I dressed like him and I wore a Burger King crown. <laughs> I was Burger King Diamond. And then there's like I did I did Peter Chris Angel one year. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That one I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I did a Mick Foley Ace Freely mashup one time. God, I never even so thought we can do, about like, doing we can, that. We can do, we can do Razor Ramones. <laughs> Razor Ramones, yeah. <laughs> Ray, so wait, I know that Razor Ramones, like my favorite wrestler from uh, childhood and adulthood, uh, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. till I die, probably. But do you have one that's yeah. like would be your pro wrestling patron saint if you if you had one? Uh, when I was a kid, I well, I dressed up as Sting for Halloween when I was. Nine or ten, blonde and this sting was like or like white sting. Yeah, blonde sting. It was blonde yeah. sting. He wasn't the crow yet. Yeah, blonde, like blonde sting dude. is my favorite sting. When I was really young, blonde sting I remember was like also another guy. I had a poster of blonde sting like in my room. Yeah, I love sting. I love sting. I love the Ultimate Warrior. I loved uh, Big Boss Man. Um, yeah, Macho Man, Roddy Piper. Yeah, I like all that shit. That's that was like my era. You can't beat like him. The late eighties, early nineties. You know, I, but, uh, uh, I I went to a little bit of pro wrestling when I lived over in Japan, and uh, I had never seen uh, live pro wrestling in the United States because I was a kid, and we lived in a small town like far away from anywhere it would come. But uh, just seeing the, the, the Japanese organizations do it, it was it was really far out, really crazy. Wait, you saw, you saw wrestling in Japan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. Which one was it? Like, was it... Uh... IWGP or New Japan Pro Wrestling? No, you I wish it was a bigger one like that, like New Japan Pro Wrestling, but we used to go to um, like Karakuen Hall and Shinjuku Face for MMA stuff a lot when I lived there because I was hanging out with people that did that. And then sometimes there would be special like, oh, we're going to open the, the uh, card tonight with pro wrestling and stuff like that. And so they'd have people come That's out awesome. and do pro wrestling. Yeah, Japanese wrestling is awesome. Yeah, it's so badass. Yeah. It's- um, that's cool, man. I didn't know you lived in Japan. Yeah, I lived there uh, for a lot of my a lot of my twenties, actually. Just uh, teaching, really? uh, teaching, and working and drinking, and oh shit, that's crazy. I have a friend who's going to teach in uh, Korea soon. That's gonna be weird for her. Yeah, I don't know. Korea. I, I went there too. <laughs> hung out with some friends who were doing the same thing, and it's it's awesome. It's it's definitely it's, it seems a little bit more. Uh, Less, a little less. Um, trying to think. Well, yeah. less, I don't know. More, more people are a little bit more conservative, maybe, and maybe not. Maybe that was just my impression. But it, it, South Korea was awesome too. Yeah, that's that's rad. Maybe one day uh, you and I we can take our uh, Razor Ramon and Bud Smith impressions on the road, and we can go to Japan and start pro wrestling. I, mean, uh, I think I think it would I think it would go over well in Japan. Yeah, I think I think that'd be right up their alley. Yeah. My friend does uh, a wrestling promotion in Gainesville called Fest Wrestling, and uh, I should, I should, I should, uh, I should try and get him to do the Razor Ramones tag team. We can be a tag team. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, please do. <laughs> but I would um, die. I, like, I, I have, I, I'm too old to wrestle. I have like a bum shoulder. I, yeah, I would pretty much like fuck my whole shit up. If did, I tried. But that was my dream was to be a pro wrestler. 
So you wanted to be a pro wrestler. Okay, this is good because this kind of segues yeah. into a mildly mildly serious conversation time. Uh, but when you were uh, or you were young, you were like, that was one of them. That was one of the tracks. You were like, I think I'm going to be a pro wrestler. Yeah, when I was I, when I was really young, me and my friends used to like wrestle in my bedroom, and like I knew it was like staged. So like I would I would write like a storyline, and we would cut promos and stuff. So I was like a smart wrestling fan when I was a little kid. So like I, we would have predetermined winners, and we'd have choreographed like what will we do and stuff. Oh my god, that's that's weird. like really sophisticated for children practicing wrestling. Yeah, I thought I was a huge wrestling fan, man. So that that's why I. You know, I, I was—I took it very seriously. <laughs> no, I can tell that about you—that you, you take things very seriously. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. So wait, when did you uh, when did you switch from uh, Brian Allen Ellis, the pro wrestler, to I guess Brian Allen Ellis, the musician, and then Brian Allen Ellis, the uh, writer? How did how did that transition go? Well, well, well the writing came first because uh, my friend got me into like writing like uh, music reviews for like the local newspaper and also the school newspaper. And that's when I started writing and I just like, liked it and I just kept doing it. And then I got into music later, like after that, but I'd still write. So I was doing like the writing thing while I was playing music. It was that's like awesome. my little hobby. Yeah. And then I stopped playing music and student writing. What age did you stop playing music? Um, well, I moved like I, my band kind of, I moved to Tallahassee. From Gainesville, it's only like two hours away, and I travel for shows and stuff, but it became like a pain in the ass, and I just was like losing my passion for it. Right. It was just like I was just not feeling it, so I was like, I better stop doing this. It became too much of a hassle. It's hard, man. It's hard playing in bands. It's hard doing anything with that people. People are difficult. You know? Yeah. Did Did you think, uh, or do, or do you still think that the, um, you know, writing fiction or or stories or whatever, and then also maybe having a band at the same time is that just a little too much to juggle, or do they complement each other? Or? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I guess it might make the lyrics a little better, but maybe not. My lyrics are kind of stupid. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could. I th I think about maybe doing a reunion with my old band. I don't know. That'd be awesome. I mean, I feel like, um, yeah. you know, I, I've never been a musician or anything, but uh, my uh, my good buddy Dave, who hopefully you'll meet, he's the uh, the sound engineer for all the audio books that we record, and uh, he uh, he plays music and plays in bands and stuff. And we were just talking yeah. the other, talking the other day that uh, you know maybe not for everybody, but some people, it's like music is uh, a badass thing to do creatively in a, a younger part of your adulthood. And then, um, you know, maybe stuff like writing, uh, lends itself to, to, you know, to when you're a little older or more mature yeah. or, or whatever. I don't, I don't know yeah. if that's the case. I never, for really, you. never really considered myself a musician because I played in punk bands pretty much. And like, I'm not, I must play a little bit of guitar, but I'm not very good. I, 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 I look at it more as a performance concept thing. Like all my bands had concepts. It wasn't like, I just jammed with people. Right. Like, I was like, I want to, I want to fucking start a band and sing like Dracula. So I started a band called Baby Dracula, and like we just did that. And like I wrote a few stupid songs, but like. Right. So it was kind of kind of a combo of like, let's have a great time, and also this will be like a little uh, uh, art thing, and it'll be just weird yeah, and well, fun as I'll opposed like dress to. Up. Right. That's kind of, I mean, you could still, you probably do this. I've never seen you read. I can't wait till I do. But I mean, you probably can put a lot of that same energy into like doing readings and whatnot, I guess. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I can. Depends how drunk I am. <laughs> readings can be a nightmare. The last reading I did was really bad. Why was it bad? I, I don't know. It was, it was, I, it was uh, they did this thing called the Gut Fest. It was like the Gainesville Underground Theater Festival they did here. Uh -huh. And like they put me in this like big ass venue, and I had to like and and the festival thing at this venue started after a Beatles tribute band, so I had to like go up after like this fucking Beatles cover band, and like there's like kids milling around, and like I'm I'm <laughs> basically doing stories about STDs and like depression, <laughs> so it's kind of a bummer. You're like, hey kids, and you guys was, like the Beatles? Well, great, you're gonna love my stories about STDs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And all my jokes were falling flat. And like it was just bad. I was kind of roasting the <laughs> festival a little bit. 
That's fun. Though. I mean, I feel but, like, uh, you know, to bomb is like, you know, whether you're a stand-up comedian or musician or writer, I mean, that's like, that's character building to bomb. It's tough, man. I thought about doing stand-up comedy, but I, I don't know, man. That's just scary. That's funny. Speaking of, uh, speaking thing. of stand-up, uh, that's going back to the Bud Smith thing when I first, he first told me about you. I think he used the phrase, he's so fucking funny, he could be a stand-up comedian. Paraphrasing. <laughs> I think he said that. Oh, that's nice of him. Yeah. Wow. That's very flattering. <laughs> I'm going to have to thank him for that. But the, the the reading the reading thing is funny because um like Scott I'm like the stand up comedian I'm like a the stand up comedian of writers except I just <laughs> die on stage. <laughs> see right there that was a bit right there that was a bit yeah 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 yeah, yeah see <laughs> uh, that's good well it's funny the reading thing because like Scott McClanahan just came here and did a reading at the bookstore Malaprops um that's oh, yeah. super close to here and we, we were talking uh, before it and um you know just the idea that. His reading was fucking awesome. It was amazing. He, you know, read, you know, yeah, from, from, really from the Sarah book. You probably, you might have seen him from the Sarah book, and he read, like, some children's books and put music on. And then at the same time, you mm -hmm. know, it's like I also – that reading was amazing, but I also hate reading sometimes. It's like just the whole thing, oh, you know, which, it, which is probably old hat. I, say, I think he would be good. I, I, like, he's probably one of the better ones that you can go see. Right. There's a lot of, like, people who read really deadpan and are boring. Right. And I like then, I like I like to move around when I'm reading. So like I don't like to stand in one place. I don't even like to use a microphone. That's why I like I like reading in smaller places because I can just like yell and right. stuff. And my stuff's kind of short, so it like lends itself to like I don't know. Kind of like one 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 linery kind of stuff. You mean kind of like short yeah. little bursts? Yeah. I read with a friend once, and she wrote like she read a whole fucking story, and it took like an hour, and it was just like. And then I had to read after her, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Everybody like, wants to kill themselves. Not that the story was bad, but, like, no one wants to sit and, and like, fucking listen to the Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, what I mean? Well, like, yeah, there's just some stuff that's great for a reading and some stuff that's better to be read, you know, by yourself at night. Yeah, dude, I, and I, have, I can't pay attention at all, man. Like, I don't, I, and I don't really do all. This, this sounds like, since I'm talking to Mr. Audiobook, I'm like, I usually don't, re like, listen to audiobooks because like, my, my mind wanders. Sure. But uh, I still think it's cool. Yeah, I mean, but. it's it's. I mean, I you know we make those, but I still read more print books than I listen to audiobooks. I mean, like I yeah. do a, doing a, whole a bunch of people just listen to audiobooks though. Yeah, yeah, They're I think so. It's, it's 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 different. Like I read you know um, your book, and then I listened to your book narrated by uh, the lovely Mary Moore, and it, it's it's just mm, um, Mary Moore. Shout out, shout out, Mary Moore. I'm actually gonna uh, yeah. talk to her. So. If this, uh, if and when this comes out, if we all make it, if we don't die, um, then I'm gonna Mary Moore. Hopefully, will be on this episode as well. I'm gonna call, yeah. call her I'm, and I'm chat. Pu I'm publishing her. Uh, I'm publishing her book. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good shout out. Yeah, we've been talking about that. It's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm excited for that. I'm yeah, also publishing Noah Cicero's new book. Or no Cicero. I don't know why I call him that. No Cicero. No Cicero's uh, poetry book. I'm publishing. I don't know why that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What is what is the name the of the third time I've, I've I've called him that on a podcast. And it's, it sounds so stupid. It sounds like uh... it's like it's like Albert Camus. It sounds like you're saying, um, it, like you're doing game. like a bad a bad Italian accent. You're like, no Cicero. No Cicero. <laughs> Wait, what is the name of uh, Noah Cicero's new book that you're doing? Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. It's really good. It's called Nature Poem. Oh, that's he's right. He's getting yeah. it published in Mexico, and I offered to do the American version. Right. Yeah, Mary Moore actually told me that. That's all. That's right. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I think I sent it to her. She said she like cried reading it. <laughs> yeah, she. She was so, so good. But I don't know if that's because she's just too emotional for this world. I think she's too emotional for this world, but in a really good way. But I'm sure that the the yeah. nature poem was also oh, that my. good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. I remember when it's she told one. me that um, that you're you would be publishing her her book, and I was I was saying I, I cannot think of a better pairing. That's an awesome awesome combo right there. Mm -hmm. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry. My my I think. My mom's trying to call me, but whatever. She can win. <laughs> yeah, you can talk to her if you want. We can chat later. But uh, we, we can put her on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Bum out all the fucking. We could do like a three-way call, like bum the old days. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, my mom's calling to put her on. Patch her in. <laughs> hey, mom, what's up? You all right? Up. Oh, you're yeah. It's, 
know. What if I was? What if I was like uh, pulling one of those classic uh, grade school pranks where like you and your buddy call the girl that one of them likes, and then one of the buddies is quiet, and you're like, "So do you like Brian?" And she talks, (laughs) and you know, and the girl doesn't know the other guys on the line, and you and your buddy are just high fiving left and right. Oh my god! One of the meanest things I've ever done to someone. uh, When I (laughs) this is like I was probably my early twenties, and I was I was I was. Bustling at this uh, restaurant in town, and uh, we used to have these like little paper mats we put on the the tables. And I guess this girl like saw me and she left me her number for some reason. Uh-huh. I don't know. She's, she's into busters, I guess. She likes busters. <laughs> sure. And, yeah, she's a buster fetish. Um, <laughs> and so I had my roommate call her, pretending to be like my wife, my jealous wife, <laughs> and like totally freaked this poor girl out. And it was so mean, but I, I, I came clean with it, and it was a big. I told her it was a big joke, and whatever. And whatever happened yeah, to her? You was, guys, you guys are still together now. We, we hung, we hung out for a little bit. Oh, nothing good. really developed into it. I think we like snorted Adderall a few times. Yeah, that's classic. I feel like, like a girl with a buster fetish would snort Adderall. Actually, it wasn't Adderall. It was probably something else, like Xanax. I don't even think Adderall was a thing back then. Probably <laughs> snort Xanax. I have a very distinct memory of when. Uh, people stopped having Ritalin and they started having Adderall. No, you do. I just remember being like, yeah. "What the fuck is Adderall?" Like, I just remember being like, "Whatever happened yeah, to Ritalin?" Yeah, I didn't know about it until recently. You didn't know about Adderall until recently. Yeah, I, I realized like all my friends have like prescriptions for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of uh, like a new recreational drug. Uh, that's funny. I feel like uh, I, I went to um, I went to college and. Uh, I feel like because of that, maybe, um, uh, I don't know if you went to college or where you did, but um, I feel like be, that in college, Adderall was just like handed out with homework at night. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to uh, really keep you focused. Do you ever try to, uh, you ever try to, you ever try to write on that stuff? Uh, well, I, 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 I've tweeted on it. <laughs> My, my, my thing is to get really fucked up recently, lately, is to just get fucked up on drugs and be, and get drunk as fuck and just, like, tweet. <laughs> and, like, I wake up the next day, I'm like, what the fuck did I, was I thinking? You ever and, like, have... I have, like, tweeters, I have, like, twi- tweeters regret. Sure. That's, that's classic. Tweeters guilt. Do you ever have to, uh, do you ever have to delete tweets or do you have a rule that you don't do that? Uh, no, I usually just let them roll. Let them I don't roll. have that many followers, so it's like. Not a big deal. Brian Ellis, let him roll. And if it doesn't get if it doesn't get retweeted, it just kind of goes into the the nether world of Twitter.com. True, that's true. But that, that that's a lot of the writing I'm doing now. I just kind of like I save all that stuff. I'm working on poetry. Like a, I'm doing the poetry in quotes right now. It's a poetry collection, but it's not really a poetry collection. But it's like a lot of it's just like shit I wrote on Twitter. Yeah, that's all. I was and, actually going to um, ask you. Um, you know what? What was what you were working on next um, after after this last book yeah, that I'm, we just recorded? I'm, I'm working on a poetry collection called Road Warrior Hawk to bring it back to wrestling. Oh hell yeah, Road Warrior! Uh, Road, Road Warrior Hawk, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to get it done. I want to submit it to the Civil Coffee Mechanisms Mainline Contest. Oh cool! Michael 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 J. Seidlinger, uh messaged me a few months ago asking me if I had anything to send him. And I told him about these books, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it in the contest, and if he likes it, he likes it. I don't know who, do, who I don't know who does all the judges. Shout but, out, uh, shout out to the judges. Status. Look for it, judges, if you're listening. The judges, but Felix Fine Status became was a finalist last year, so I really want to win it this year. I want to yeah. shove it up Bud's fucking winning ass. You should shove it up Bud's ass. I should. <laughs> but, like fine. Bud won it last year. I'm gonna take it this year. I'm gonna take his title. You should, yeah. This, this is, this is. I'm kind of promo on Bud right now. It's gonna be the title fight. This is great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> um, place your bets. <laughs> place your fucking bets. Uh, I actually, I actually won. I bet a friend of mine about the Mayweather fight, and we bet a shot in a beer, and I won. You know, I had, so, uh, I had 150. I, I called it. I called it a TKO. You called it. Yeah, I called it. Down to the fucking decision. Here's why I got I got screwed on that is because I um I put $150 like a dum dum. Oh, you actually you did a real bet. I did a real bet. I do Damn. that sometimes just because I like that sport a lot. Well, I like MMA a lot, but I, I, like, I, I like boxing too. Cool, but I don't like follow it. Right? Yeah. That's um. I used to I used to write about uh, MMA and stuff like that. Um, 
when I was. Oh, uh, yeah, little... I never really got into that stuff. But I, I thought for sure uh, Mayweather would win like that, but uh, earlier, so um, so I lost 150 bucks because I put it on specific rounds, like oh. like, like I'm some kind of big shot. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be like an old bookie with a cigar. Yeah, yeah. that's how I that's how I imagine myself. But now I'm just poor, so yeah. Now you're a hundred dollars poor. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that was that was a pretty fun fight, though. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I, I, I watched I watched the illegal stream of it the next day. So did, I watched I watched an illegal stream that night. Oh sweet! Oh yeah. I've got a great. Uh, hopefully the FBI is not listening, but I have a great link that is always active with like every big fight uh, live. I'll send it to you if you ever want it. Oh, you have that? I have I just it. usually watch the wrestling paper, pay-per-views, uh, but I, I get those for free because I have the network. Wait, how does that work? But um, It's not free, but I, it's like $10 a month. But oh, okay. They, they let you see all the pay-per-views. Yeah, that's um, awesome. It's tight. But uh, yeah, I don't, but there's like, a, well, there's like a big boxing match like every like five years. Yeah, it's something like know. that, right? I guess it's MAA, yeah. I watched, I watched like, a clip of the CM Punk fight. I was curious. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you. Like, I feel like uh, being a fan of pro wrestling as a kid and then like Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, uh, which I don't yeah. know if we've talked about, but I feel like that was those two things just naturally led into being a fan of MMA when I got older because it was yeah. kind of like pro wrestling for real. And I was wondering, did you, you, didn't, ever, you didn't ever get into that from, from that old love? I think... I think I was more into like the theater aspect of wrestling than right. like the actual like competition of it. You know what I mean? No, no, that makes total I mean, sense. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think there's more of a, like an art form to it. I mean, you can say that about boxing too. That's kind of an art form, also. But like, I don't know. I just like yeah. And I love all the Rocky movies, which which you would think I would be like all about boxing. But I don't know. Sometimes the the, the choreographed stuff lends itself better to my interest. No, yeah. I, I feel you. The, the pageant, I, the pageantry, and, I, and the ceremony like, of it all. Yeah, I do like watching some of those old, like Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali fights. Though, those are really good to watch. You know, uh, what you might like is if you watched uh, the MMA in Japan, uh, because you know the pro wrestling really influenced that, and there's a lot more nar- yeah. narrative I, and costumes and entrance music and I, big shows. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh yeah, what did you see Floyd Mayweather's costume? He looked like fucking Rey Mysterio Jr. <laughs> yeah, he looked, <laughs> he looked, he looked like the um, he kind of looked like if do you remember Pulp Fiction when the Gimp had the the leather? He looked like a Gimp. Yeah, he kind like, of looked like doing? that. Yeah, that that was very funny. I, I really I love when they go over the top. Yeah, I rented a few of the the original UFC VHS tapes when I was a kid when it first like started getting hot. Oh like, man, I, I love those I remember so Ken much. Shamrock and shit. Yeah, and Ken Shamrock started wrestling for WWF. Yeah, that's right. There, there was quite a lot of crossover, and then Brock Lesnar over to UFC, and there was a lot of oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jap- old Japanese catch wrestlers who did both pro wrestling and MMA and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'll check it out. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. I'm gonna, well, I'm yeah, gonna, you know what I'm going to do, Brian? Like a, I'm going to just kind of obnoxiously... Bother- you just send me, me the hottest MMA Japanese... Uh, yeah, I was going to send you some shit. That's- send me the bloopers, too. <laughs> It's gonna be the kind of thing where you're you're uh, someone you know sends you stuff and you like have to say you like it even if you never really liked it. I'm just gonna send you like an obnoxious amount of stuff. All right, I'm down. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I may or may not. I may or may not check it out, but we'll see. Yeah, just you don't have I, to. I'd be more prone to check that out than like a lot of like the PDFs and manuscripts writers send me. Oh yeah, yeah, no way. I just Screw sit that. on my fucking computer. Yeah, so yeah. I'll be more. <laughs> that's more of my my alley. That's what I figured. That's why I was excited to finally talk to you. Yeah, but uh, I guess sure. I, I do want to ask you though about um, you know, uh, reading some of your earlier stuff, and I'm sure a bunch of people have asked you this. And then uh, when we were reading uh, your book, uh, something to do with self hate, and then working on the production, what was kind of the? Uh, oh, that must I, have been fucking crazy. It, it was it was crazy, but it was fun. I mean, Mary Moore was awesome, and she was like super pumped to to narrate it from the get go, but. One of the the things that you know we were talking about, um, Dave, the sound engineer, and Mary Moore and I, um, you know, just is how it was pretty pretty different than a lot of your a little bit more, um, you know, stuff that had a, you know this book was hilarious, but I feel like there was more levity in some of the older stuff, and I was just wondering what the impetus was or yeah. how did this book start? Well, a, a lot of this book is just a lot of like old stories. I kind of cobbled them all into like one narrative. So if if you had read my earlier books, like like the mustache he's always wanted but can never grow, 
and like something to do with self or not something uh, something good, something bad, something dirty. Yeah. Those two story collections. Yeah. I wrote my my writing was a lot more traditional than it, it is now. Like it, it's it's more of like a story. Whereas now I'm just kind of doing these weird run on sentence, flash fiction poetry things. Yeah. Like that's what I've been doing the past few years. I stopped kind of writing traditional short stories, but I used to. And I was like, so like, the novel came from those old things. That's why it, it reads a little differently than what I've been doing now. So like, failure, pride, sadness, face, and something to do with self-hate are like almost two completely different books. Right. Yeah. No, that makes um, sense. Yeah, the novel thing was like it was originally going to come out on my friend Allie Marini's uh, press that she was doing. You know, Lucky Bastard. She wanted me to do a novel, and I was like, "Fuck, I don't know." So I just try. I just went. I, I'm lazy, and I like recycle a lot of things. Sure. Um, so I just like started doing a novel of like based kind of like structured of old stories, and then her like and then her shit like went under or I don't know it, the the press folded. So I had this book and I was like, I don't, I'm not really feeling it. I'm gonna, I'm you know, I'm gonna rewrite the whole, I'm gonna reassemble the whole thing. I'm gonna make it a uh, second person, and I'm gonna pretend the narrator is a female. But I also don't want, uh, and it made it more exciting to do that because I was kind of like bored with all that stuff. Wait, you kind of did. Wait, you kind of like you mean like it out more. Right, no, that makes sense. You you mean kind of that you by making it a uh, second person and making the narrator the protagonist a female that it kind of uh, yeah. just gave you a fresh kind of excitement to write it that it wasn't just I and exactly. me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I, I knew it wasn't going to be completely come off that way. That's why it's in the second person. It's kind of open to interpretation. I don't really say if the narrator, I don't, I don't reveal the narrator's gender so much. They're, they're kind of like, they're kind of bisexual, but they're more lean towards like, like uh, the narrator's more into women, but he's, they've had, experiences with men and stuff and it, i don't know and i, I just ha had the female voice in my head when i was putting it together that's why i i i, I told you when you <clears throat> wanted when you pitched the idea of the audiobook that i wanted a female to read it i didn't yeah. want to read it myself yeah it's funny because i i remember distinctly when uh when uh we talked about that and you said you wanted a female i for some reason i just assumed that the ma the protagonist was male but you wanted a female to read it uh, just for the hell of it. No, and no, then no. It wasn't yeah, until weird. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I mean, that that happens sometimes. But yeah, I I agree. It's a little, little strange. But yeah, did you have a, any specific reasons or, you know, besides just a fresh perspective that made you want it to be uh yeah, to be I a just, female? I, I, be I want I wanted to be in like the voice that I was kind of more thinking of when I was putting the book together. Mm -hmm. Kind of thing. Like, I mean, a male could have read it; it would have been fine. Right. But. I just didn't want to. I didn't. I. I wanted. Yeah. I just wanted like the female person. And I just thought I was curious. I kind of wanted to hear it that way. Well, it was also interesting so, too yeah. because, like you said, there was it was you know kind of ambiguous as well. It wasn't like you mentioned uh, the sex yeah. or the gender or anything. You know, it, it could have kind of gone either way in a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. It just seemed like the most convenient thing at the time, I guess. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I like how it came out. It came out really good. Yeah, I do too. How did you? So, uh, I. I I wanted to ask you actually, how did how did you feel about um about Mary Moore's narration? I mean, you can be honest. I won't even let her listen to it if you. No, I I I like it. I, I dug it a lot. I even I emailed her. I even me, me, uh, emailed her, and I was like, "You sound like you're from Florida. You like you you, you know what I mean?" She kind of right. And in the way she she kind of reads it in like a kind of like a monotone kind of like like kind of like I not like a half-assed way, but kind of. But like that's kind of the thing I wanted. I want someone who's just kind of like beaten down by life. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, kind of like a Daria type <laughs> deal. No, totally. I, I think she I mean? had she had an awesome combination of like, uh, you know, she was emoting yet she was deadpan. It wasn't over the top, but it did. It kept, yeah, my, it kept my attention and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. You know, actually, she was one of the, uh, you know, generally we would record a book with the author narrating it or with an, uh, you know, a proper uh, actor or or you know book narrator who does that. Uh, so yeah. Mary Moore being a writer narrating another writer's work is something now because how, how cool that turned out that we've been doing more of like we got a uh, Melissa Broder um, to narrate a Clarice Lispector novel that we're doing with New Directions, which is. Oh, that could be cool. Yeah, which is cool. So I think yeah, that really Ma cool. Mary Moore and Brian Allen Ellis started like a new a new little uh, revolution concept idea uh, with that, you know, writers narrating other writers. Yeah, I mean, they do it in the big like I. I don't know. Yeah, usually like the big, they should do actors like 
they do the guy from Star Trek. <laughs> right. Like yeah, Will, Will, Will Wheaton. Will, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton? Yeah, I think yeah. that you're talking about... Um, I, was, the, I, I was thinking about uh, Picard. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Patrick Stewart. Oh, I was thinking about the young yeah. the young kid from Next Generation. Uh, what, uh, Will Wheaton. Yeah, I know Will Wheaton. Yeah, what, what the heck was his, what was his name in that sh- that show, though? I'm, I'm a... I can't. Oh, I don't. I don't remember. Damn it, Brian. Um, but yeah, I feel like he he narrates. I, I, lost, like, I lost all my Trekkie cred. You lost. Were you ever a Trekkie? Nah, I liked Star Wars when I was a kid. No, that makes sense. I was I like, was, I was fifty fifty down the line. I liked them both. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek's cool. Like my my ex was really into Star Trek, and she had like all the DVDs, and we watched it, like the old ones. And I, I, it's cool. I don't dislike it. But That's, I was more into like Star Wars when I was a kid. If you disliked it, I would just hang up the phone. It, that would be the end. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I, yeah, I, I have no big opinions about anything, really. That's good. Like, I can either take something or leave it. Right. No, I'm the same. Uh, it doesn't matter. Except pro wrestling. I can, I'm really into pro wrestling. Um, I'm, that's my passion. <laughs> Your passion is pro wrestling. I mean, the idea that you used uh, to write the outcomes uh, when you were a kid, it's like years ahead mm-hmm. of any other kids who used to play wrestling. I know, man. That's why I think I would have been good at it. Like, I, you know what I mean? I had, like, a good idea for, like, story and, like, what to do, what moves to do. Because I watched so much of it. I think we talked about this I, somewhat online, but did you ever watch that uh, that show on Netflix, Glow, about the, the glorious or oh, yeah, the, yeah. the girls of I, wrestling? I, I used to watch Glow when I was a kid. That's badass. Um, and I got the, uh, the DVD came out a few years before the show did. And I, I I ordered the DVD when I heard it was coming out. Oh man, and that's amazing. awesome! Yeah, I I, I, don't, I never. Cool too. I like the show. I missed that that the real one when I was a kid. Somehow I never I didn't hear it. Was, of it. it was hard to catch. It was it was it was like it was like on syndication. Like you can only catch it either like late at night or really early in the morning. Right. And but they also did a glow uh, Married with children episode. Oh uh, really? I remember from huh. kids. yeah, like if they go to Vegas and they uh they and Albany gets beat up by uh. Who the fuck is he? Is it Mount Fiji or <laughs> it might be it might be the big bad mama uh, character beats beats him up. I'll send you a clip. Yeah, please <laughs> do. We'll we'll trade. Uh, I'll send you some uh, Japanese mixed martial arts. You send me some like glow clips with Al Bundy. Yeah, that's that's great. It's a great app. <laughs> great app. Great show. Great meeting of the minds. This is a great meeting of the minds, Brian. When are you? Uh, I think uh, I've asked you this a hundred times before, but when are you going to come over here to Asheville and hang out? I want to. I will. Um, I, my mom lives in South Carolina, and uh, so the next time I come see her, I'm going to make it a point to come out and see you guys. Was your mom in uh, Green? Was your mom in Greenville? She's in Spartanburg. Oh, Spartanburg. Okay. Which I- which is probably not too bad. You're probably probably like an hour and a half away. Yeah, I remember that Maybe. really short window of time where you were you were living there. Gonna I was move living there. there. I was staying with my mom. Yeah, and I thought about coming, but I was I was just such a mess at that point. Like I couldn't get anything together. No, that's fair enough. I was gonna I was gonna try to uh, even though I didn't even know you because I'm, I'm just I'm just a weirdo. I was gonna try to convince you to move here once you got there. But, oh, uh, that's right, you did. You yeah. were like, yeah, no, and I actually considered it. I was like, oh yeah, you can give me a job. <laughs> Yeah, no, I swear to God, yeah, I, that's, I that, yeah. to this day, that still stands. Uh, I'll, I'll still right. get you a job here if you ever get tired of Gainesville in the Sweet. future. Hell yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's good to know. It might be at Arby's, yeah, but I'll it. find you a job. I'll work at Arby's, man. I love Arby's. <laughs> no shame. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to take a trip to New York to see like Bud and like Michael Seymour Blake and all of them. Yeah, and, that'd be uh, awesome. Yeah. I, also, I also have friends there too, but um, other friends like that aren't writers. Yeah, um, I, I, but I, I just like I don't. I don't. I'm not a big traveler, and I'm lazy, and I'm you know. No. Well, that's that's okay. I mean, if when you do end up coming here, though, make it super easy. It won't even be like traveling. Just chill. You don't even have to do anything. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm with them there. Just, yeah, just I don't know. I haven't flown. The last time I flew was the weekend after 9/11. Huh. I flew to New Orleans. So it's not yeah. it's not the hanging out in a different place you dislike it's the it's the transit then. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's that. And it's like I, I gotta find someone to look after my cat and take off work, and it's it's expensive, but it, it's it'll be fine. It'll be worth it. I should do it. You're gonna yeah. do. It. You're gonna do. I, it. I will... Yeah. I'm gonna. Uh, uh, I'm also. Just... I'm also gonna enjoy uh, coming down to Florida at some point. I need to revisit my homeland of Bradenton, listen to the band Bradenton, and then check out what Gainesville's yeah. like. Gainesville's cool, man. I think you'd like it here. Yeah, I'm sure um, I would. 
Yeah, I'm bringing in uh, Sam Pink here. They, they do uh, a yearly. My friend does. He does the fest wrestling. He also does the fest, which is like the big punk rock festival they do here. Yeah. Uh, like the Descendants place, and like they get big bands and stuff. It's cool. But I, I'm bringing Sam Pink during that weekend, so it's gonna be kind of interesting. Oh, that sounds awesome! You guys are gonna have fun. A, a bunch of fucking punk rock kids. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, yeah, um, so. well, I guess, I guess, let me. Uh, I guess I'm gonna let you go here. But before I do, uh, you got anything uh, you you want to plug coming out soon? Uh, I don't know. Not really. I will. The No Sister book's coming out probably in January, and the Mary, Mary Moore book. She's still working on it. She sent me like a. She's sending me like PDFs of it. But then she's like, no, nah, I'm still going to change some more stuff. So like, I don't want to get too into it from what she sends me. I want to get the final version. Yeah. Or final-ish version. Uh, I'm doing, I'm working on the Road Warrior collection. Um, I also have a book called, uh, about, like, like a, like an anti-writing book. It's like a writing, it's like a, it's like a humor writing guide where I just like talk shit about writing. So I have that Hell yeah. around. But yeah, other than that, I don't really have anything to promote. No, that was, like, all, you just promoted a lot of stuff. That was awesome. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, yeah. Anti-smoking. That's what I'm promoting. That's what we're doing here, right? Well, yeah. That's whole, that's what this podcast bring is about. Bring it back around again. Yeah, that, all <laughs> the way. Yeah, just don't smoke. I'm down to like one cigarette a day. Uh, don't smoke. Listen to Ben Fold Five. <laughs> that's my big message. <laughs> Hey. Mary Moore? Yeah. <laughs> Mary Moore, this is Chris. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Where are you right now? Um, Are we recording? We are. We're definitely doing that, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm sitting in front of Lake Michigan, um, and I just got my... Like I just dipped in my 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 I'm really tired. I just dipped my feet in the water, but like I just put my whole shoes in, so now my shoes are just wet. <laughs> that does sound like something you would do. What is is Lake Michigan? Uh, is that uh, it's I've never seen it. I imagine it's like massive, like you're at the beach or something. What's it like there? It feels like well, um, because there's like more stuff. It's, like, more varied than it. If you're at the beach, you just, like, look in one direction and you can't see anything. But I can see, like, um, I don't know, some kind of weird gazebo. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it is, like, really big to me, though. I mean, like, anything is big to me. I live in North Carolina. That's so. true. Actually, for people uh, listening, if anybody is, you know, Mary Moore lives here in Asheville, so she usually could just come over uh, into my apartment and we could talk there. But you're in uh, you're in Chicago right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in Chicago. Why? Why? Why are you there? What are you? You're just you're just like eating deep dish pizza and hanging out by the lake. Yeah. No, I don't know. I um, I mean, like, I thought I was gonna move here for a while, um, and then. I kind of decided not to, but I was already, like, planning to come uh, visit a friend of mine here. So I was like, I'll just go anyway, because I'm just kind of um, trying to go places lately. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, when, you said you, when you said you were in Chicago, I was like, oh, shit, she moved to Chicago and, like, didn't even tell me. <laughs> oh, my God, no, I would never do that. <laughs> I mean, actually, I, I might. I don't know. I was, I had this, like, I had this thought that I would move away and not say goodbye to anyone. <laughs> but I would say goodbye to you and, um, like, maybe two other people. <laughs> well, but, no, I don't live here now. I'm considering not coming back, though. <laughs> at least, at least I'm, uh, I'm in the list of goodbyes, so that's cool. What about Dave? Um... <laughs> Dave, Dave, for those of the, the I, I mentioned that when I was speaking with Brian earlier, Dave is the uh, the sound engineer guy and uh, everybody's friend in Asheville, North Carolina. Dave is hard to say goodbye to, though, because he's so lost in his craft. That's the true. Yeah, his craft. that's true. He's very lost in his craft. 
Uh, speaking. As are we all. <laughs> speaking of crafts, so, yeah, I was talking to Brian earlier, and uh, of course we were talking about, you know, something to do with self hate, and then we talked about how uh, you did an awesome job with the narration, and then I was like, okay, well I should call Mary Moore too, and then we'll talk to her about, uh, you know, what that was like. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious, you know, what was that, what was that experience like? I mean, you're a writer obviously, um, and you're not a professional narrator, but you wanted to narrate, uh, Brian Allen Ellis's book. And I'm just curious, you know, what that experience was like. Um, well, thanks for asking, Chris. No um, problem. Down. <laughs> it's so funny to talk to you in a way that's like, not that's like even kind of slightly formal. Um, I know. No, it is weird. I, usually, usually I just like say jokes about genitals and we're laughing, and now I'm like, so tell me about the serious stuff, Mary Moore. Um, what was the experience like? Uh, I was doing it at like a pretty like weird time in my life, um, I think, and um. was like okay so I've done like acting type stuff before as a kid um, oh yeah that's right I forgot you said that before yeah and like I was pretty like I think everything else I've done other than that um book I um had like rehearsed ad nauseum but um like there's some Obviously, I read the whole book, but I didn't read the whole book aloud before I recorded it. I just um, tried to make some <laughs> choices <laughs> on the spot. Um, well, I mean, that definitely like, that it definitely like worked out, though, because, the part. yeah, I mean, the choices sound extremely intentional, I think. And, I mean, obviously, if Brian liked it, then that's the author. You know, that's, that's a good if sign. If Brian likes something, I'm down. I already bought it. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Brian is a, a taste, what they call a taste maker. He really is. He's really one of the best minds of our generation. He's a tastemaker. He's a curator. He's a thought leader, I would say. <laughs> uh, he was, saying, yeah, uh, he was like, saying a moment ago that, like, your delivery was, you know, um, you know, not over the top, uh, but you sounded like a Floridian for some reason. Like, he just said you pulled it off in a way that was... <laughs> Not super acty, but you know, direct and. Oh, that's good. I know some Floridians, but I feel like they aren't the same Floridian as the like character was. <laughs> but um, I uh, I knew I couldn't. I I I don't. I feel like I don't even have like. I was thinking about this the other day. Like I don't think I have like one type of um, speaking voice or. <laughs> like one accent or anything like or or even what one personality <laughs> i just am like a chameleon like i was like hanging out with my friend from connecticut for like a few days and at the end of it i just like sounded like i was from connecticut so i just like tried to pick something that was similar to um like I a friend of mine's voice is like kind of I mean like kind of reminded me of like the type of voice that character would have because I like wanted the character to sound like a little bit more um <clears throat> I guess a little bit more masculine than me or something. Right. Um, it's funny that you say that though about the different voices, because, you know, even, uh, you know, recording this new, sorry, excuse for a podcast that we have, you know, I listened to the first episode <laughs> where we talked to Scott McClanahan and like, for some reason in the introduction, I'm like, welcome to the talking book podcast. And then I'm talking to him and I'm talking normal again. And then, I'm sure when I listened to me talking to Brian a few minutes ago and then listening to me talk to you now, I'm sure like my voice changes like depending on who I talk to. I don't 
don't know. I think your voice is like very, very consistent. Oh, really? <laughs> well, that's, I guess that's good. Yeah. I, I always think like, I don't know, subconsciously I'm like changing the accent or the tone or the octave subconsciously based on people yeah. I'm talking to. Well, do you talk like kind of Southern with your parents? Yeah, because like my parents, my mom's from LA and my dad's from the Midwest. So whenever I talk to them, I just use a really thick Southern accent. It just confuses the hell out of them. Oh, oh! I didn't even know that. See, I'm learning things about you. <laughs> yeah, you're learning. I we're, mean, okay. we're learning For stuff about each other on this know. podcast. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Chris grew up in like rural North Carolina, so like that's why. I yeah, that. I don't know. I, I we don't have to get into this, but just so you know, and and we both know as friends, actually, I didn't move to North Carolina until I was like 15 or 16 from New Jersey. So I, I wasn't even really, you know, Southern, quote unquote, but. Um, but I do love North Carolina, oh. yeah, but I do love it now. And oh, this kind of like makes more sense now to me, who you are, right? what you are. <laughs> what am I? Who am oh. I? Yeah. No, that, yeah, I, I feel that. I mean, why would, yeah, why would you know that? I guess we should, we should share more. We should, I should call you more and we can record stuff. Um, but, uh, well, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you before, um, talk about other stuff. Oh, just, I mean, the, uh. The process of like, um, I don't know, you, you had done recording when you were a kid, um, but obviously, you know, you're a pretty prolific writer now. I mean, as a writer recording another writer's book, I mean, you know, we talked about the fact that Brian's going to put out your book uh, as well. And I'm just curious, like, um, you know, what do you think about having narrated his book? Like, if you were going to do an audio book of something of yours coming up, would you want to narrate it? Or do you like the idea of another writer narrating it? Or would you want like a professional actor to do it? I'm just curious about that whole, that whole thing. Um, I want to narrate it. Um, that's what I figured just knowing you, <laughs> but I think it would be really interesting to like, um, hear, like, I, I think it would be specifically like really crazy to like give my, writing to like a professional narrator and see what they do with it <laughs> but um i feel like that's not gonna happen you never um, know you never know, know. <laughs> maybe we'll um, get maybe we can get know. like tom cruise like... we'll get tom cruise to narrate it or something <laughs> yeah he's like <laughs> tom cruise reads the poem about like my like sexual awakening <laughs> yeah i mean that just seems like an appropriate match i mean it just kind of like that's where your head goes you know when you think of your work you think tom cruise for those of you who are considering like buying my book like it's not about my sexual awakening don't worry please buy it <laughs> actually speaking of which um yeah uh do you have what what is that you want to plug that plug you should plug something what is that when is that coming out um I don't know yet. I, I think we had talked about, um, like, this winter, like, I think January, February, but I don't promise that. Um, oh, a big plane is flying overhead. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, but, uh, like, I've been changing the – I've just been really obsessive with, like, um, the format I want it to be in because um, like when I originally sent it to um, Brian it was like a poetry collection I guess um, and it was only like 30 pages and so <laughs> I've been trying to like I kind of just like now the manuscript reads as if I printed out all of the pages and like cut them up with scissors and dropped them. Um, <laughs> so no, but he said he's yeah, reading. He did say that, that you had sent. Yeah, he said you had sent multiple PDFs, um, and that uh, and that yeah, he, it's just it's coming along, and then it, it's really cool. Is it still called Pinky Soupy? Uh, I had sent multiple PDFs, <laughs> uh, <laughs> unhinged. PDF sending. Um, I mean, uh, I guess so. Yeah, that was a working title for a while. Um, I still like that I title. I was thinking, I like it. I like it too. Um, but I've kind of changed some like stuff thematically, and 
Um, I was thinking about just calling it you, like just the word you. Not Chris Harsham, um, but you. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> um, uh, because of that, um, that like horrible image that's going to be the cover that I made that's like the sculpture of like the banana like coming um, and and jacking off and watching TV on like dollhouse furniture um, in the in the television in that image um, it just says like you and oh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like that's awesome I, yeah I think I still have <laughs> I think I still have uh, the the printout card of that sculpture somewhere in my house yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, I know. I'm fucked up. No, no, I, no. Like, that's great. I, I mean, thought... people people should know that. Like, not only does Mary Moore write stuff, but she also makes weird Play-Doh sculptures of bananas jacking off. So that's awesome. That was Brian Allen Ellis, author of Something to Do with Self-Hate, and the narrator, Mary Moore. You're definitely going to hear from both of them again in the near future. What a fucking pair those two are, right? Two peas in a pod. Now the moment you've all been waiting for, an excerpt from the audiobook, Something to Do with Self-Hate, written by Brian Allen Ellis and narrated by Mary Moore. Tonight you are celebrating. In fact, you are celebrating this very moment. And though it is a hellacious celebration, one the neighbors will surely phone the authorities about, there is but one missing ingredient. So you slide the record from its sleeve, place it carefully on the turntable, watch it ceremoniously as the needle descends upon it, and listen to the soft hissing before Cool and the gang come boogieing through the speakers, possessing you to sing along. Celebrate good times, come on! Guttural, wretched, out of tune. The record belonged to Grandma Jean. She used to love old Cool and his gang. In fact, you wish she had a copy to listen to now, to celebrate with, as she lay dying in the biting, cold sterility of a nursing home room. Her mind all or mostly gone, her kids thumping Bibles in Texas, purchasing land in the Carolinas, or stagnating in Brooklyn or Bremen somewhere. Your family, the lot of them, rotting, limping fruit, hung like ornaments from some gutted Christmas tree all celebrating. In this small room on some numbered avenue, you weep for Grandma Jean's bones, wishing you could celebrate beside her, a disintegration postponement. But you are weak, captured, cornered, having to salvage what's left of your own uselessness, a celebration you must continue while tossing in this bedless, loveless room, while downing a tall boy, the contents dribbling down the front of your chest embarrassingly while hitting the bong so hard your eyes turn to glass and break, while Willa, your once savior, celebrates with another in the same holy bed the two of you had once celebrated in, a bed you both slept in and loved in, a bed you were content to die in. And yes, despite this feeling of abandonment, this feeling of being some impractical, picked-over gift that nobody really wanted to begin with, you'll go on celebrating. You will celebrate like an insane person. Like a damn fool you will do it. You will celebrate regardless. You've earned it. It's your celebratory right. All right. That was it. Sounds pretty good, right? You can buy this book in audio and in print on the internet. Go to talkingbook.pub and you'll find something to do with self-hate and a bunch more audiobooks we've recorded. Let's see, what, what do we got? We got uh, The Sarah Book by Scott McClanahan, Literally Show Me a Healthy Person by Darcy Wilder, Tales of Falling and Flying by Ben Laurie, and a bunch more. Thanks so much to my bae, Brian Allen Ellis, and the narrator Mary Moore. Also, you've been hearing original music by Holler Boys, as well as Alex Sturgis. My right-hand man, Dave Burr, is the badass audio engineer for all this, so we love him. Everyone on this project was super cool, as usual. We're just all in this together, you know? My name is Chris Hartram. 
I bit my tongue last night, so it hurts when I talk. But I love you. I love everyone. Talkingbook.pub. That's talkingbook.pub. I love you. I'm dumb. Like a bishop who has forsaken sympathy. Chasing sister squares I was lit Before I knew that you were there Like an angel Who has forsaken certainty Sleeping in the square I was lit Before I knew The storm was passing over And the window 